0: This podcast episode is for you, a dreamer who is driven and excited to reach her goals, but feels kind of out of place in the whole cool female empowerment crowd. I want to tell you, you belong in the room and you don't have to fit a stereotype in order to be successful. my love welcome to the fairly bold podcast my name is eugenia but you can call me e i am so happy that you are here i want to please ask you to subscribe and rate this podcast number 1 request in every episode because it truly helps the show grow and if you haven't i would appreciate it if you share this episode with a friend or sister or your mom someone who's also trying to find empowerment in a world that tells us messages that don't necessarily represent us. We're going to continue exploring week after week, the intersection of femininity and power and how we can grow spiritually in our career, in our business, in our leadership to really accelerate the impact we make in this world. I am truly happy to see you here. Let me tell you something, I love being a woman. I've been fortunate to have amazing women in my life that have shaped me into the person I am today. When I started my first podcast in 2017, I didn't know a lot about the industry. I just knew that I wanted to create a space to empower other Latinas. So I jumped into this wild and creative project, De Vinos y Otros Cuentos, which is translated into something like and Other stories in English, but it's, it sounds way cooler in Spanish, trust me. And I have to admit it, the process of empowering other women was a way for me to figure out what being a woman even meant. Honestly, I decided to listen to every empowering message out there. I was like, I, this is a buffet of knowledge for me. I'm going to take whatever whatever I think sounds good, sounds interesting. And as you might know, I've talked about this before, I was woman. So, externally, I was sexy and loud and super confident, and I wasn't gonna let no man hold me down. However, internally, all that empowering talk wasn't translating into more well being, which is what I was after, right? Like, that's the reason we do all these personal development processes is because we want to be better mentally and, and emotionally. I was not healthy, I was still afraid, I was insecure. And I wasn't even sure of who I was. Granted, it was my mid-20s, which is the era of self-discovery, so I wanna give myself some grace, but I think I was trying to be this persona that didn't match my personality, and I didn't I didn't feel like I fit. Looking back I realized that my self-discovery wasn't coming from a place of love or a place of compassion or a very exciting place to be at and and just to get to know the world. My self-discovery journey was coming from fear because I was trying to match my subconscious mind with this perfect being that according to my favorite Instagrammer of the time, I was already at my core, meaning they said that I was perfect. So it was only... A matter of me embodying that perfection and I'm using these like hip words that are super cool right now so I I don't mean um, I don't have anything against anyone that uses those words but I'm I'm telling you the words that I was attached to at the time so basically I thought that was I was the most wonderful person in the world right like sure I have some shortcomings but I'm I'm amazing right the only thing keeping me from realizing my full potential is the insecurity that society has imposed on me however eventually with time and a lot of frustration and overwhelm i understood that i am not enough and that's okay i understood that i am valuable as a person but i was far from being enough quote unquote to be my own god and at that moment i found true freedom and true empowerment why do i tell you this story Because by coming to terms with my perceived inadequacies, by feeling comfortable in the areas where I didn't feel like I fit, I was able to humble myself and explore the topic of womanhood from a different perspective. I didn't see empowerment as a formula or as a role model to follow. I had to explore the topic of womanhood completely differently. Honestly, I realized that cultural feminism doesn't represent me. And as I said, um, this is a very particular experience. And from my experience, I'm not alone. So today's podcast is going to equip you with the tools you need to hopefully identify the messages that are negatively impacting you in the name of empowerment. My hope really with this content is to inspire you, to show you a different perspective. I'm not the holder of the truth but I can tell that there is not a space or or sometimes it's hard to find a space for people who don't feel represented by these empowering messages and and sometimes many talented women decide to take a step back because they don't match um, what they see online on, on on media So truly, I don't want to change your mind. If you listen to this podcast, I am super, super thankful. And if you disagree with me, that's completely fine. I just want to present you with a different option. Maybe you haven't felt truly empowered no matter how hard you've tried. And maybe, just maybe, you're finally going to understand why. So the way we're gonna do this is I'm gonna give you a quick background on feminism. I try to make it Super simple, and just the basic milestones don't come at me like, Oh, you forgot this super important resolution and moment. This is not a history class, but I do think that it's important to understand what is feminism. Then we're going to look at the new feminism and my position and why I don't think it represents women as a whole. And then we're going to end with my personal perspective and some encouragement and how you can take this information and apply it to your daily life. Okay, so. First, the quick background on feminism, it starts officially in 1948. Uh, Let's say that this is an official plot twist in women's history in the US, because we had the first convention for women's rights. I'm going to read you a little extract from history.com. Everything's going to be linked down below if you want to go further. So the definition, official definition of that original feminism is Feminism is a belief in the political, economic, and culturally equality of women. has roots in the earliest eras of human civilization. It is typically separated into three waves. First wave feminism, dealing with property rights and the right to vote. Second wave feminism, focusing on equality and anti-discrimination. And third wave feminism, which started in the 1990s as a backlash to the second wave's perceived Privileging of white straight women. I would say, and based on a lot of research, that in the late 2000s, 2010s, we started a fourth wave feminism, even though this is not an official fourth wave, but I definitely can see the change. And we're going to go a little bit deeper. So you can see how in the original purist sense, I can call myself a feminist in the way that I believe in equality of women and men, even though I don't think that feminists were revolutionary with this idea. This is an idea that's in the most ancient books. Um, It's in the Bible and it's in the Declaration of Independence in the U.S. So I don't think that feminists were ahead of their time thinkers, but I do think that they were very brave and they accelerated the change. So I do agree with that traditional, original definition. But today, I wouldn't call myself a modern feminist because I don't think that the causes that the current feminist movement supports are helpful for women, maybe for some women. And there are some instances where I do think that their contribution continues to be extremely valuable. But the overall message, I don't think it's constructive and I don't think it's empowering. And we're going to see why. So we have this first wave feminism talks about politics and women being able to vote and women started entering the workforce and they started fighting for equal payment, for equal job, meaning to be paid the same as a man, what he would be paid if if he did the same job. Then we have the second wave feminism, which was focused on women's liberation. It went from the 60s till the 90s. And... Here is the calling for independence and to get a seat at the table. There is also a call for inclusion in the workplace Based on your gender, and I have an interview with Kathleen O'Leary. I interviewed her about leadership on episode two of the podcast, and that one has been of my most listened and commented episodes ever. So please go listen to that if you want. But she talks briefly about the time when when she started working in the in corporate America, women were ignored at the workplace. They weren't respected. They had to dress like men. They had to wear literally clothes that would help them blend in. And she said that she now looks back and she's so happy to see that we've come so far. So, so she's really proud. Um, so during that time, uh, this second wave feminism, women also became more independent. We had access to birth control and that gave us the option to actively participate in family planning and make the choices. And messages from the media in general were also encouraging women to think for themselves and to challenge the structure of powers. Then we have third-wave feminism, and that one was focused on inclusion. So feminists argued that mostly white and college-educated women were benefiting from liberation. So they wanted to include black women, immigrants, LGBTQ, every other type of minority within the female gender. I really looked for some achievements, concrete achievements, uh, legislation, and just tangible advances of third-wave feminism. and I couldn't find a lot. Their biggest accomplishment, if you look anywhere, is going to be the advancement of the pro-abortion movement. And honestly, I don't want to go into that today. But just for informational purposes, that was their their biggest achievement. And yes, I don't want to diminish the advances that were made. Women had huge achievements during this time. But I see that the feminist movement didn't influence anything in particular. Um, I think it was a natural evolution of society. I don't think that the leaders of the movement influenced change. I think that maybe the original, the initial feminists set up a fire for changes, but it was a natural change of society. A lot of men were really supporting more access for women. So I think personally that this is when things hit the fan. Honestly, downhill from now, Salvese Quien Pueda, these ideas, as every radical idea ever, sound amazing. Personally, some of my values are inclusion, diversity, and respect. So, of course, I value life regardless of ethnicity. I think we can all agree that all women deserve to be given the freedom to choose their own path. Of course, I agree with the freedom to choose. The problem here is that the movement wasn't fighting a concrete issue but making social experiments based on feelings and anecdotal evidence. And again, I don't want to go too deep into it, but a lot of it turned out to be very detrimental for women. So I think that a lot of things went wrong. And there's a great book by Christina Summers called Who Stole Feminism. I'm going to link it below because it is wonderful and talks a little bit about this, how this third wave feminism was very focused on ideology and didn't have concrete proposal. And then fourth wave feminism. Not everyone identifies a fourth wave. I'm personally, based on everything that I've read, I think we can definitely see a fourth wave. And the kind of feminism that we are currently living is definitely different it started with the Me Too movement, the late 2000s. Um, It encouraged women to speak about sexual assault, sexual abuse. And I truly, at the beginning of this movement, I was so proud of many of my friends because it takes courage to speak up. There's such a huge stigma about people saying she had it coming because the skirt she wore or because she was drinking. So I I was so happy to to see an evolution and to bring these topics to the table, to hold people accountable. Harvey Weinstein, the Hollywood producer, went to jail during this time. So I think that it was very positive. Uh, It was very empowering. However, in time, what I started seeing, and this is when my empowerment journey starts, it's in this era after the 2010s, is that the messages now, seek to empower us women to understand our greatness. And when I say greatness, I use quote unquote. We are called to recognize the goddess in ourselves and avoid any human interaction or act of love until we love our bodies and our t- until we love our cellulites. And even, even the definition of self love is so In concrete, everyone has a different definition of self-love. Some people use self-love to mean self-acceptance or respect. Again, it might bring momentary relief, but I don't think that it brings long-term change. And I think that Glennon Doyle, she's a best-selling author. Last year she was number one in New York Times best-selling list. She wrote Untamed. I'm using this book as an example, not because I have anything against Glennon particularly. I don't really follow her or know enough about her journey. So it's not about her. It is just about all these messages that were so popular, and I saw so many of my of my community and, and just in general, in social media, people were sharing and loving and just being so attracted to. So I want to read, this is a very long passage, but I think it really represents this fourth wave feminism and what feminism is trying to push right now. So she's basically talking about every way in which women are oppressed. So she says, and religion, sweet Jesus, the lesson of Adam and Eve. The first formative story I was told about God and a woman was this. When a woman wants more, she defies God, betrays her partner, curses her family, and destroys the world. Can you imagine? The epitome of womanhood is to lose oneself completely. That is the end goal of every patriarchal culture. Because a very effective way to control women is to convince women to control themselves. Maybe Eve was never meant to be our warning. Maybe she was meant to be our model. Own your wanting. Eat the apple. Let it burn. (sighs) First of all, I'm so sorry that Glennon had such a horrible Bible teacher because that is not what that story of Adam and Eve is about. The fall... I'm not going to give you a huge Bible lesson here, but the folly was about men, as in both men and women, wanting to be God, wanting to rely on ourselves for salvation, for everything, feeling that God has a secret hidden that once we reach, we're going to be just like Him. And that is not a new idea. That's been around since the beginning of humanity. So this idea that she's presenting, it's not a revelation that feminists God. But I've seen that feminists are being attached to this narrative and they are loving it. And when I say feminists, I am being very general because I have wonderful friends who call themselves feminists and they are very humble, very kind, very compassionate. So I I truly hate that I'm saying feminists as in every single woman who identifies as a feminist. I am talking about the leaders of the movement. Those are the feminists I am referring to. Basically, this feminism, and again, I'm just using Glennon Doyle's as an example because I think her book is so popular and her ideas represent the feminist movement a lot. This feminism that we're living today says you can do no wrong because you are a woman. Your womanhood automatically makes you godlike. Glennon Doyle even later adds in her book, what the world needs is more women who have quit fearing themselves. And started trusting themselves. What the world needs is masses of women who are entirely out of control. So basically, what the world needs is more women behaving like teenagers, having no boundaries, completely gone out of control. And if you've listened to my episode on boundaries, you know how important boundaries are because they give you guidelines. And if you haven't, go check it out after this one. But basically, we've normalized this extended adolescence where there's no limits and you can be crazy and you can create chaos and that is okay and you can be a teenager until you're 29 and that's perfectly fine. So now we are free, right? We're free from societal expectations. So technically, we should feel free and better, right? Not so much. According to a Mental Health America 2021 report about the state of mental health in the US, even before COVID, 19% of adults experienced a mental illness which was a 1.5 million people increase from the year before. So mental illness is on the rise, adults in general, both men and women. But when we look at women specifically, according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, women are twice as likely as men to be impacted by generalized anxiety disorder. There's also 70% more prevalence of mental illness in women than in men. And it's important to say, I'm not saying that feminism is to blame, because this is a very complex issue. But if a more quote unquote liberated society truly equaled complete well being and satisfaction, we would at least see a decrease in anxiety and depression for women. That's what you would think. And this is completely the opposite of what we've seen. So it leaves you wondering for sure. So when we look at new feminism and what it is today. I had to go to Tammy Bruce. She's a former member of the National Organization for Women. She's an author. And she explains that there are three main pillars to feminism. And I'm going to take her explanation because I think it is very easy to understand where is the issue when it comes to to feminism. It's important to understand that originally, feminism wanted to highlight areas of focus on women's issues. But I see that modern feminism has had the opposite effect. So the three pillars are dignity, the word no, and men. First, we have dignity and that promotes the idea that a woman should always be able to freely choose her own path in life. But I look around and I see that a woman can publicly say that she wants to be a wife and a mother. Like I don't imagine a girl at 15 saying that she wants to be a wife and a mother and not being taken to the counselor at her high school because there must be something wrong with her. A lot. And I mean, a lot of women have this desire inside of them, but they've chosen to stay quiet because they don't want to give explanations. They don't want to seem crazy. Other women feel lazy. They feel mediocre when they choose their kids over their career. They have this nagging feeling. They feel that they have to really justify their decision. They feel like feminists are not going to be proud of them. This is just crazy for dignity, right? Am I saying that women belong in the home Absolutely not. But every single feminist and empowering message today says that we are made for more, right? They say, it's fine. If you want to stay home, that's perfectly fine. I just want to tell you that there's more for you. From what I see, not all choices are respected. Not all choices are valued. We want dignity. However, the biggest leaders of feminism celebrate when a woman, tired of being treated like an object, starts objectifying men or worse herself as we saw in a very popular song of 2020 where basically we said we've been treated as sexual objects for years so now we are going to abuse ourselves or women are being told that they should treat men as sexual commodities because you know empowerment you've been treated as a sexual commodity so now you go and treat them as a sexual commodity it is not about raising your standards it is behaving in a way that you used to feel abused by again A lot of the current feminist messages claim to fight for women, yet their solution is to encourage women to disrespect and to violate their own bodies before anyone else has a chance to do it. That is the version of empowerment. There's also the hookup culture, and there's a wonderful documentary on Netflix on this topic. Basically, it shows how men and women are groomed from a young age to become these sexualized objects. Show me a woman. Over 17, who says that she hasn't and has no desire to engage in sexual activity and show me how she's not being bullied or call a prude. In your regular American high school, I don't see her choice being valued and celebrated and being respected. This is not anecdotal. This is the reality of teenagers today, feeling like there's something wrong if they don't feel comfortable with oversexualizing their bodies. And then we have the second pillar, which is the word no. And this is another pillar that classic feminism used to fight for. And it is about having the power to say no. And sure, we can have different interpretations here. I think I could make a whole podcast on the word no. I am really happy and I have to give it to the feminist movement for sure. I am really happy to celebrate the autonomy that we have gained and I have benefited from it. And I have seen a change in the past 10 years because of the Me Too movement and how women's voices are being heard when it comes to saying no. However, do we really have the power to say no anymore? Or are we too afraid to be perceived as old fashioned or high maintenance or controlling? We are afraid of saying no because we should be cool and modern Do we really have the power to say no to someone who's emotionally abusing us? Do we really feel confident to stand our ground when someone is being disrespectful or someone is not being appreciative without having to send a screenshot of the text conversation to our friend asking if we are overreacting? I don't really think so. Having to constantly ask for confirmation about our own standards because saying no, it is not completely acceptable. Tammy Bruce says, young women are robbing themselves of their power and they need to take it back. Saying no means I will not be defined by anyone else, not by feminists and not by men's sexual desires. That is female power and I truly, truly love it. We went from one extreme to the other, men being completely controlling of our desires, of our expectations, of our boundaries, to now letting feminists dictate what is wrong and what is right when it comes to our bodies and our life choices. And the third pillar that we have is men. This is a controversial one because there are disgusting men. There are men who are pigs. There are politicians who talk about women as if we just existed to please them. Absolutely, we've all heard them. Have we seen a huge decrease of reported sexual assault in the last 50 years? Yes, and thank God and women for speaking out. And again, you have to give credit where credit is due. These feminists making noise and bringing to the the mainstream, these conversations have really created an impact. But we need to be clear about something here. We need men to be part of the battle. They have been important. They have been so helpful. It was men who invented birth control pills. So I don't see men as my oppressors. I see them as my partners. I for sure have found abusers and I have experienced men using their power to minimize women. I have experienced that in the workplace and it has been infuriating. But I've also seen incredible men standing up for what is right. And here I have to shout out my husband because my husband is so careful to be respectful and, and and just to value and honor women. And I really appreciate that in him. And I'm saying my husband, but I could tell you my brother and they're just wonderful men that truly they they are standing up for us. And those men don't deserve to be put in the same group as the first group of disgusting pigs. I don't think it's fair. And I think there are disgusting women as well. There's nasty women, women who are aggressive, women who are hurtful. So I don't like to put all men in the oppressor category just because of their gender. And something else Tammy says that I loved, she said, feminists are angry at men, but they want to be like them at the same time. And this was a controversial statement, but I think it's so true. Internally, that's the definition we have of power. So instead of trying to explore and understand where our natural and biological power comes from, our culture tells us that we need to grab the power that men have by behaving like them. Instead of redefining power, instead of appreciating our own power, we want their power. Instead of teaching boys to respect women and teach women to hold the men we date to a higher standard, we have decided to just be more like them. Bottom line, are we happier? Has our relationship with men improved? Have you? or any of your friends ever been confused because a guy gives you the minimum attention and it's not clear about what he wants, but you don't want to say no too quick. You don't want to overreact. Do you really feel like your dignity has been restored? I don't want to give you an answer. These are just questions that I I want you to think about. And those are the questions that I want to leave you with. And I'm going to give you honestly my personal perspective. And this is not going to be a main part of this episode because again, it is not about me and about me trying to change your mind. It is just another perspective for you to consider a different path and or a different alternative to this empowering you're a goddess messages. First, I do agree with the original ideas of feminism. I do agree with equality. As I said, these are not revolutionary ideas that came out of the feminist movement necessarily, but I do agree with the end goal. However, I don't agree with many of the methods and the consequences of a movement that has been led by anger. I also think that the feminist movement has failed to include all women. Just have to look at the women's march and the leaders of the movement. They, They don't represent my opinions, my perspectives, my views, and would probably call me oppressed. The feminist movement doesn't have a place in the table for women with different choices that their traditional feminist choices. And in general, truly, I'm not crazy about labels. The only label I'll wear proudly is the label of Daughter of God. So conclusion, (laughs) rant over. I hope that this podcast gave you a different perspective. Again, I want to encourage you, if you feel like you don't fit in the room with other feminists and maybe that's why you've been holding back and you don't feel comfortable you don't feel like everyone else i'm just here to tell you that that is fine and the fight for equality meant understanding and respecting everyone else's choices thank you so much for listening to this week's episode it truly means the world to me i value your time i value your your love, your support, you know, as always, please leave me any message or any commentary. If I said anything that was wrong, please correct me. You can send me an email to hello at fairlybold.com. I'll be so happy to hear from you. I can't wait to see you back next week. Take care.